0: another episode of Resilient Minds 365, where we discuss the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with mental health challenges to encourage you to strive, thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Clemonie Crawford. Well, guys, we got a special guest with us today. We have Deborah Williams with us. Who is Deborah Williams? Well, Deborah Williams is a Christian and a mother to three children. She completed her studies at Durham College and passed the Law Society exam and is currently waiting on her license. She is also the lead in praise and worship at her church. So with that said, I'm gonna to present to you Deborah Williams. Deborah, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: I'm doing wonderful, thank you very much for asking. I appreciate it. So Deborah, tell me a little bit more about what you do, um, about your profession, um, what you do and how you got started.
1: Okay, um, so as you mentioned, I am a mother first, or I would say I'm a wife, you know, if you we were to talk about order, um, I am a wife first. I've been married for about 12 years, going on 12 years. Um, I am a mother of three. Um, I have a passion for law. Um, and currently right now I work for a corporate office in the Durham region. Um, Yes, and also I I am an active member at my church. It's located in Scarborough, Global Apostolic Ministries, under the leadership of uh, Pastor Alan Todd. Um, And my role at that church is uh, I am uh, the lead for the praise and worship. So you will see me every Sunday, um, you know, singing praise and worship uh, songs, leading worship services and so forth.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I love that. I love that. It's very important to um, be active in your church and to give back to the Lord. It's really, really important. So I'm glad that you do that. So with that said, we are going to move into the mental health piece of the, now that we know what you do, we're going to move into the mental health piece of the interview. So Deborah, what is your mental health diagnosis and when were you diagnosed?
1: Um, So I was diagnosed with depression and and anxiety, um, I would say around 2016, 2017. Um, And how that came about, you know, I started to feel, you know, all these different pains in my body. And, you know, every time I would go to the doctor, they couldn't find anything. They would send me home. They would tell me, you know, just go have a glass of wine, have a nice hot bath. It's nothing. And and then eventually um, my doctor, um, she, she, she stated, she, you know, she gave me like a test. Um, She had her laptop open uh, during one visit and she asked me a bunch of questions and I answered her and then she said, okay, yes, you are, you know, depressed and here, here, here are the pills. You know, she gave me a prescription and that was the beginning.
0: Mm, okay. So 2016 2017 is the beginning of finding out that you were living with uh depression and anxiety. Yes. Okay, all right. So tell us about your mental health story of resilience. What did you have to overcome? What did you do um what you know when you found out like what happened um walk us through the chronological view of your experience and your journey.
1: Sure. Um So prior to the actual, you know, medical diagnosis, um, I'm going to say that, you know, the signs were always there. Mm
0: -hmm. But,
1: you know, I never, I never focused on it. It it never came to my mind that, hey, maybe this is what they say it is or what they said it was back in 2016, 2017. Um, You know, just little things would trigger me like, specifically around the the anxiety um you know just the unknown anything unknown right Mm -hmm. that if if you know you somebody could call my phone and I'm looking on my phone it's a private caller it's a number I don't know my heart starts pounding I'm like what is this who is this you know um the depression side of it it's kind of hard for me to um identify or or describe um, and I know that you know the medical field they have their their own definition they they know this they they know their the symptoms and so forth but for me I I didn't know mm-hmm. uh, so I can't really pinpoint you know what um, what the symptoms were um, I can only say that, you know, I had a lot of down days, um, crying and, you know, I, there would be mornings i would just wake up and cry, right. Um, not eating, you know, a lot of thinking, I was too busy thinking, right. So the thinking took up my, 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 my time and my life to the point where that it, it stopped me from eating, right. It got in the way of me eating, um, So it's kind of hard for me to say, you know, as you, as you asked for the chronological events, um, I can, I can definitely speak to the anxiety. I, I I do recall, you know, I don't know when it started, but I remember, you know, little episodes, you know, I would wake up in the middle of the night and, um, and this is more on the spiritual side. Um, Mm -hmm. and I know, you know, some of the listeners, they may not understand the spiritual side of it, but, I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would hear my my fire alarm going off, right? Mm -hmm. And this happened to me maybe, I would say at least once a month. And when I wake up, you know, I'm I'm not waking up, just normally waking up, I'm jumping out of my sleep and my heart is pounding on my chest and I'm running into the kitchen. And when I get into the kitchen, there's no fire and there's no fire alarm. So that happened, that consistently happened to me for a period of time. and I don't know if that is what triggered the anxiety, I'm not sure,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: but eventually I I recognized that that those particular episodes, it wasn't normal, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew that it was definitely spiritual because who wakes up to a fire alarm going off in their home, they jump up out of their sleep and they run into the kitchen right? Because I thought my kitchen was on fire and there's no fire, there's no fire alarm, right? So eventually I, I had to come to myself and, you know, and I know, you know, with the help of God, he, he brought it to my, he brought it to me. And, and I went to, you know, some people in the church and I said, you know, this is happening. At the time we were having um, what, what we call cell groups where every week, you know, uh, we come together in different parts of um the GTA so if you live in Durham the Durham people would come together if you live in Toronto the Toronto people um, would come together people within my church I should say sorry um, and I went to them and and I confessed and I said this is what's going on right I'm waking up and you know they prayed and when they prayed after they prayed it never happened again right but you know, that was one thing that God resolved, but there was other little things that was causing anxiety. So um, leading up to the diagnosis, um, I remember just around that time, you know, I was getting dreams. Um, my father, one time he called me and he said, I had a bad dream about you, that you were sick. And that, you know, triggered the anxiety. And I remember I was in and out of the hospital. I was, you know, at one point I called the ambulance um, I felt like I was gonna die, and I remember the ambulance man. He came, and when he put me in the the the, um, the ambulance truck, he put like a little clip on my finger, and he was he said to me, "Do you suffer from anxiety?" And I was like, "No, what are you talking about?" You know, this was before my my family doctor um, diagnosed me, and he oh. said, "I can I can tell you you suffer from anxiety because they have a screen. Um, I don't even know what it's called, but you know, they clip something on your finger." and I think it checks for vitals.
0: Yeah, like, it's a barometer.
1: I don't even know, <laughs> <I just> don't <laughs> know what it's called, but he, could, he showed me on the screen, you know the thing that goes up and down, up and down? Yes. I don't even know what it's called, but anyways, he showed me that he could tell that I was having an anxiety attack just based on what he was seeing on the screen. And I dismissed it, right? I dismissed it because I was like, no, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and then when I got to the hospital I remember I was waiting and I was thinking they were going to rush me in you know and I was waiting and I remember looking up on the screen I don't know if anybody has been to an emergency room Uh, sorry but if anybody has been to an emergency room um you know they have your name on a screen and then you know they they call you and they tell you okay um it's your turn to go and see the doctor Mm -hmm. anyways Um, When I looked up on the screen, I saw my name. I saw my name, sorry. I saw my name and I saw anxiety beside it. And I got so upset. I called my mother and I said, you know what? Come pick me up because this is a joke, right? So that was me basically denying um, what they were saying. And what eventually later down the road, my, my doctor was, uh, my doctor, um, diagnosed me with, and she eventually, um, that day, that same day, right. She took a test on her computer. I don't know if she was on Google, but she asked me some questions and she said, okay, according to this, you are depressed and here's some pills. Wow. She gave me, she instantly gave me a prescription and in my head, I was like, no, um, by the time I walked out of that, that doctor's office, I, 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 crumpled up the paper. I ended up just throwing it in the garbage. Um, but it was depression and, and anxiety. And I was just like, no. And it's so funny because it's not really funny, but when she gave me that prescription, she informed me of the symptoms that come with the, with the, you know, taking the medication. And she named, I don't know, she named like 10 to 15. And then she said to me. And if you stop taking it, here's another more more symptoms that you know can happen to you, right? So if you start taking these pills, you may you may have suicidal thoughts. But if you stop, you may complete the act and kill yourself. So the symptoms are more worse trying to get off of the medication then you know starting the medication right so anyways I already made it up in my mind you know as, as soon as she you know started writing me up the, the prescription even though I sat there and I was like okay um I already knew within myself <laughs> Already knew within myself I'm not taking no pill okay number one I have Jesus right and if I put my trust and this is just my opinion and I'm not saying that medication is, is is it doesn't work for all
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but i can only speak to myself and my faith in god mm-hmm. and what god has instructed me right i already knew that i wasn't going to take it i already knew that you know what this is something that i need to bring to the lord number one it's a spiritual thing right we are and this is just my opinion we are spirit beings having a human experience right so a lot of the times we're treating the body physical body right and sometimes you, you need to treat the physical body right right but then other times you need to treat the spirit right um so that is a little bit of my um of the chronological order of uh you know of events um the anxiety thing of you know for for a long time I I shunned it I you know I turned a blind eye to it I was like no that's not it that's not me Right. And then eventually I had to come to myself and, and, you know, basically see what, how I was reacting to certain things, people Mm -hmm. calling, like something as simple as somebody calling my phone and I don't know who it is. It's an unknown number, private, or just an unknown number. And I'm my heart's pounding. That's not normal. Right. So I think with me, I had to identify and, and and admit and accept that I did have anxiety issues and that I was depressed.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's an important part. The acceptance and the just coming to a place where you are not in denial of your sickness because you can't get help until you first accept, come to acceptance. Um, yeah, that's a very important that's a very important part towards our healing journey is the acceptance part. So my next question to you. So what did you have to do to overcome or bounce back from your low points? List all the resources that helped you.
1: Yes, most definitely. Um so I would say if, like for me right now, I'm not where I want to be. And a lot of times when we think about overcoming, we think that, you know, it's behind us and we've moved on and all is well, right? But I believe that it's always a work in progress and you always have to work at maintaining, right? Maintaining whatever it is you're trying to maintain. So I'm trying to maintain not having another anxiety attack or being anxious or fearful or fall back into depression, right? So, um, one thing that I have learned um, is that prayer, prayers is, is very key. Um, And as I said before, you know, accepting, you know, reality, you know, confessing, you know, you, you, if you know someone, you know, one or two people that you can confide in, right. People that, you know, can, you know, bear you up in prayer or, you know, encourage you, you know, even people that have been there, right um connecting yourself with those people that's what i have learned to do and have done um and also training my thoughts right um that i I believe that's you know one thing that has helped me as well Mm -hmm. Um, reading the word and constantly getting the word inside of me right um because that is what will help to block um or counteract whatever thoughts or feelings um i may be having right so it's a constant it's a constant battle and again i'm speaking from the spiritual side of it it is a constant battle Mm -hmm. right you can you can never let down your guard and when you do let down your guard that's when you give the enemy room to come in right so you you constantly have to be at it constantly right and i feel you know, and again, I'm speaking from the spiritual side, you have to, you you always be um, on guard until you die, until, you know, Jesus comes, right? Um,
0: okay. Yeah. Okay. And what are three things you wish you had available when you were at your lowest point?
1: Um, I think for me... Just finding someone, you know. Finding someone that. How can I say this? Um. So there are many people. I'm. I'm going to speak from the you know the, the church body side or aspect of it. There are many people in the church that are suffering. They're dying spiritually. Right. They have anxiety. They have these, you know, they have depression, you know, and some of them or a lot of them don't have the strength or the boldness to go and seek help. Right. right. And I, I, I strongly believe, you know, God has put people in the church with different giftings. Right. And I know it's a two-way street, right? One, on one side, you need to go seek the help. But on the other side, somebody should be there. There should be a watchman. There should be somebody there that can discern, right? And, and, and say, okay, you know, you're going through something. Let me pray for you. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the times we just, we're just so used to, you know, going to church, singing and praising and hallelujah, praise God. And then you were out the door right? Nobody is watching. Nobody is being vigilant. Nobody is discerning or, or, or people are not, you know, operating in their gift, right? Yeah. Um, and every church, every church body, it doesn't matter what church you go to, right? There's one body, but every church, every local, every assembly has individuals in there. God has placed them in there to watch and to pray and to discern and to expose and so forth right so I wish that you know and it, this may sound selfish or arrogant I don't know but I wish that there was somebody there that could have seen what I was going through seen beyond my smiles yes, and and say you know sis something is up or you know what I'm saying and I I, I believe God speaks God shows right but people are not operating in their gifts so on one side, you know, you know, I could have, you know, for example, with the issue with uh, the fire alarm, I could have gone to, you know, people in the church much sooner,
0: mm-hmm. and, and
1: asked them to pray. Um, but on the other side, I, I believe that the church has a responsibility, right, to also do their part and to be, you know, to operate in their giftings and and so forth, um, to rescue the lost, rescue the perishing. You know, yes. pull your brother, or your sister out of the fire. That's in, I believe, in the book of James, right? Um, so it's a two way, you know, street. And I and I wish that I was more alert to because if 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 you're more alert to what is happening around you or inside of you, then you know, you would move forward and say, okay, now let me take the steps. Like in, again, in my example with the fire alarm once I recognized it, I said, okay, let me go to my church brethren and have them pray for me. Okay.
0: Were there any other um, points or you, um, things that you wish you had available other than people available?
1: Um, so specifically to, you know, in regards to the anxiety and depression, as I said, there's a lot of people in the church that are suffering from, you know, these things. And I believe that we should have every church should have a department that 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 deals with, you know, whatever you want to call it, mental health. Right. And I think it's be I I I find that we don't have it because I don't know if if I'm saying this right, but we're we're kind of over we're, we're overly spiritual. Yeah we rather shama shaman, you know, run the aisles and disregard the mental issues that we are facing. A lot of people, you know, for example, me, I, I was going to church. There was a time when I was going to church and I was screaming and I was hollering and I was praising God and having a good time, you know? And then I was coming home to my pit, right? Mm -hmm. so i i believe that every church you know we have the women's department we have the brothers or the women's ministry we have the brothers ministry we have the young people's ministry we have the children's ministry we need to have a ministry that focuses on people's mental their state of mind right the 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 you know the the depression the, the, the anxiety whatever issues that they are having and they are internalizing right we need to have a ministry or department whatever you want to call it we need to have something specific that deals with that and i'll just leave it there
0: (laughs) hey girl you you said it you said it and that's the reason why i'm in the process of creating what i'm creating which we'll announce in in the next in the next few weeks but yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. So what words of hope can you give to our listeners? What would you tell someone who's been where you've been?
1: I would tell them, with God, all things are possible. Right? Number one. Number two, God is a keeper. You know, when I was in my pit, I don't even, I I can't even tell you when I, when I came out. I can't tell you the day. It's just, God just has a way of just bringing you out, right? So I would tell people, number one, God, keep God first, right? When, you know, and it's coming to me, when when Peter was walking on water, right? As long as he was focused on God, he was able to do the miraculous.
0: Mm-hmm. Right?
1: And then as soon as he took his eye off of God, he began to sink right? But God caught him, even though he began to sink, God caught him. And he said, Lord, I perish, but God caught him. Right? So I, the, what I, the best thing that I know to do is to keep my eyes on Jesus. The praying is vital. It's a struggle, but it's vital. And praying doesn't necessarily mean you have to be on your knees with your hands together. You can talk Mm -hmm. to God the same way I'm talking to you right? Relationship, God talks, you listen, you talk, he listens and so forth, right? So putting God first is number one, your faith in him. Definitely. That would probably come before that's number one, actually. (laughs) You have to believe, right? Um, Getting into the word, reading the scriptures, um, that, that definitely helps that, that is like a, a, that is treatment, spiritual treatment, right? In the medical field, in the world, they'll give you medication shots and stuff like that. Your medication, your spiritual medication is the word of God, right? You feed your spirit, right? Another thing um, that I would say is um, just speak positive about yourself, right? If you have to write down positive affirmations, you know, even when you're in your whatever it is, if it's depression, anxiety, write down positive things about yourself, right? Write, write down, you know, I will get over this. I will be healed by this. And you just keep saying it. And eventually it will manifest because death and life is in the power of the tongue. And then lastly, I would say is it's important to connect with someone um, and you don't have to connect with everyone. You don't need to stand up and you know, find the highest mountain and say, I'm having these issues. Mm -hmm. Find someone that you can trust, right? Pray about that if you're not sure who. Find someone that is seasoned. Find someone that has been there, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And I think it's also important that, you know, while I'm saying that, it's important that we testify, right?
0: Yeah. Overcome
1: by our testimonies, Right. And, and, and these days, I'm sorry to say this, but we're not testifying. We're not telling people what God has done for, for us and how he has, you know, brought us through. Right. Throughout the Bible, the, the Bible is a testimony itself. Look at the children of Israel. Right. We use that a lot and we say, oh, God, split the Red Sea. That was their testimony. What is your testimony? Right. Um, definitely connecting with someone that is very, it's very, very, very important. We need each other, right? Iron sharpeneth iron, right? Do not isolate yourself. Do not think that you're in this alone, right? Um, it's, it's very important. Don't stay away from, you know, church. If you are in the church, if you're not in the church, connect yourself to someone that is, that you know is a positive person, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's um, there's a word I'm looking for. They're very optimistic. Yes. Right. You may see something bad and they can just turn it around. They And you have those people that are, they're very good at it. They're just good at turning negativity into something positive. They always find something positive in the negative, right? Um, so that's very important. Your surroundings, like you got to be careful of what you're watching. That's another thing. You got to be careful of the music that you're listening to, mm-hmm. right? Um, the shows that you're watching, a lot of it is junk, Right. And fasting is is, is is another thing. And I think I will leave it there. Fasting is very important if you're in the church. Even, I mean, fasting is good for people that are not in the church as well, right? It does something to you physically, your physical body. And I, I've i learned that um, a lot of the food that we are intaking as well, um, it triggers, you know, our mental, right? It, 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 it There's a chemical side to it, right? So if you're eating filth, you're going to feel like filth. <laughs> You're going to feel bad about yourself, right? Try a diet, go on a fast. It doesn't necessarily, necessarily mean that you have to not eat any food. Cut out the sugar, right? Cut out the sugar for a week, two weeks, 21 days, right? Um, and I think that's about it.
0: Okay. Well, those are some really good words. Of, um hope you can definitely give that to them. So now we are going to do a switch in the interview. Oh. Yeah. As you can see behind me, there's a book. It says the music of my life. That's my book that I wrote about bipolar and and um, music therapy. So with that said, I'd like to ask you this question. What type of music do you like?
1: Okay. Um, so of course, you know, definitely the gospel. Gospel music. Um, I believe in... I believe nothing is wrong, and this is just my personal opinion. I, I don't believe I, I believe there's nothing wrong with clean secular music. Exactly. Right? Music that has a story behind it. Even, mm-hmm. you know, there's secular music that you can re- <clears throat> sorry, that you can relate to. Right. Um, so I I'm definitely a gospel lover. you know, before I got into the church, I used to listen to every kind of music. I used to listen to country rock, you know. R&B, whatever it was, right? Um, But my go-to is um, smooth jazz. Mm. So I love smooth jazz. um, And the story behind that, uh, my uncle passed in 2009.
0: Okay.
1: Um, And I remember, you know, coming back, you know, to where he was living. He was at the time he, he actually died in my room, in my bedroom. In, in my sister's bed we had a bunk bed and um um so when he died all his all of his things were in my bedroom and I remember coming home I don't know if it was the day of the funeral after the funeral and I remember just looking down and I'm picturing it in my head right now and I just remember looking down and I, I saw his his boom box for all those you know remember the boom box with the two big speakers on the side and then you had in the middle you had all those little you can put in your tape you can put on a cd i don't think there was a cd back then but anyways and i saw he had this he had two tapes he had um cassettes he had kenny g and he had bb and cc windings.
0: Mm.
1: and i put in the the kenny g i love bb and cc um but he put, I put in the the Kenny G and that, that comforted me. Right. That was, that was, you know, just hearing the music, his music, what he loved. Yes. Comforted me because he died very suddenly. It was unexpected. You know, he was just found in the bed dead.
0: Wow.
1: Right. And he, he was very young. So around that time I was just I remember just crying like I don't even I can't tell you when I stopped crying but his music comforted me his selection of music comforted me and we're going on now 20 years 20 years this month actually um this is his anniversary wow um for 20 years I've been listening to smooth jazz so I'll listen to you know Paul Hardcastle. A lot of Kenny G. Um, a lot of Paul Hardcastle. Paul Paul Hardcastle. He he goes hard. <laughs> He's really really good. Um, but that music. Um, there's one song in particular um, from Paul Hardcastle called "Peace on Earth."
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, there's no lyrics, but it just it just calms me. It just puts me in a place of calm and rest um and it just sometimes it takes me places right good places yeah humbling places um so yeah it's definitely i love smooth
0: jazz love cool cool that's awesome Mm -hmm. so if we were to think of if you were to think of a song that best describes your journey what would be it what would it be and why
1: um again so it would it well Hmm. So there's a song called. Um, oh, my, what is it called? It's, it's, I think it's from Elevation Worship.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's called Do It Again.
0: Do it again.
1: Do it again. And it's from, I believe it's called Do It Again. Okay. And I just, the lyrics, it's the lyrics that, you know, when I was in my pit, and when I tell you I was in a pit, I was in a pit, okay? Nobody could get me out but God. Nothing could get me out but God, right? Mm-hmm. And I had this song on repeat. And I'll just share a little bit of the lyrics here. Okay. And, found it. and it says, walking around these walls, I thought by now they'd fall, but you have never failed me yet. Waiting for change to come, knowing the battles won, for you have never failed me yet. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You've never failed me yet. And then the song transitions to, and this is the part, like, I remember when I used to play this part or when this part came on, I would just get crazy. you know and it says I've seen you move you've moved mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again you made a way where there was no way and I believe I'll see you do it again um and this song you know I would say this is this was my pit song right even though I was in the pit this song it was a reminder to me it gave me strength in that moment right, um, it reminded me that, number one, Jesus is a keeper, and number two, I won't always be in this pit, right, um, so this song, I mean, this this song, this, this song is a, I don't even know the word, but this song, I mean, anybody that's going through, you know, a lot of times, we listen to music, and we, and we love it for the beat, and but what is the song saying? What is the song saying? Do you, can you relate to that song? Right. right. If you can't relate to the song, what's the point? Right. So
0: I see.
1: Um, Yes, do it again by Elevation Worship, I
0: believe. Cool. Love it. Love it. So my friend, how can we stay in touch with you? What are your social media handles?
1: Yes. Um, so um, so I I'm currently um I have two social medias um business social medias. Um, one is her modest closet. Um, so I I love you know fashion. Um, so that is my heart from a little girl. I, you know, I always had a heart for fashion. Um, so it's her modest closet. You can find me on Instagram. Um, and it's just it's it's the, the handle is shop her modest closet. Exactly how it, it sounds. Um, And then I have, um, I just started a a, a Christian marketing agency that uh, aims to build and strengthen, you know, the Christian community, entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, sorry, like yourself, Mm -hmm. um, like Resilient Minds 365. Um, And my handle for that one is Christian Community Markets. So just how it sounds, Christian Community
0: Markets. Got it. Perfect, perfect. Well, Deborah, it's been a pleasure having you as a guest on our show. I appreciate you being so transparent and so honest with us and sharing your journey with our audience. You've definitely been a joy to have as a guest. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you. I, I really um, you know, at first I was nervous and I was like, oh my God, this is my first podcast, but I, I appreciate the opportunity. I thank you for that opportunity. It's therapeutic for me
0: yes it's very comforting um so i hope our
1: listeners will you know be inspired aspired um and just you know the last thing i would say is just trust god
0: amen love it and to all you resilient minds out there until next time please subscribe to us on all our platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave a review for us in apple Podcasts. also join the community resilient minds and sign up for our monthly newsletter at CleoneCrawford.com, be sure to grab a copy of my book, The Music of My Life, on all Amazon marketplaces to get to know me better. And if you can think of one person that would receive value from today's show or connect with Deborah's testimonial, please share it with them. Feel free to take a screenshot of this week's episode of the podcast and tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself at Only Cleone or Resilient Minds365 and today's guest at uh shop her modest closet or christian community markets on instagram and remember mental health is not a death sentence despite your illness you can strive thrive and live a life of abundance until next time i'm cleony crawford and i'm signing off